Hello and welcome to Automation Chat. I'm Teresa Hauk, Executive Editor of the Journal from Rockwell Automation and our Partner Network magazine. In this episode, written by Fluke Corporation, I'll be discussing how to go home safely at the end of your workday by applying good electrical safety practices when using electrical testing tools. But before I dive in, it's time for our family-friendly, silly joke of the day. Scientists just managed to weigh a rainbow. Turns out it was pretty light. So, safety standards are written to make sure we all go home safely at the end of the day. For electrical safety, the hazards can be deadly and manifest themselves quickly, often leaving no response time. Engineers, electricians, and technicians must follow safe work practices when using multimeters, including inspection before use. To help verify safety, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration requires employees to demonstrate their ability to select, inspect, use, and maintain their test equipment. OSHA regulations and the NFPA 70E standard for electrical safety in the workplace provide procedural guidance when it comes to test equipment inspection. For example, NFPA 70E states that only qualified persons are allowed to perform tasks that include the use of test equipment on systems 50 volts and greater. A digital multimeter is the most commonly used instrument for these kinds of measurements. Since 2007, OSHA regulations require technicians to demonstrate their skills to their employers to be considered a qualified person. So, employers must verify an individual's ability to safely use digital multimeters. Now, a digital multimeter, or any electrical measurement tool, must be properly rated for the circuit on which it is to be applied. Technicians must be able to understand and explain these ratings. Accessories like test probes, flexible clamps, and others are included in these ratings, and the ratings should always be printed on the tools. The first step is to identify the nominal system voltage of the circuit to be tested. This is the voltage class assigned to systems and equipment and can be found on nameplates and drawings. Typical nominal voltages found in plants are 120 over 240, 208Y over 120, and 480Y over 277. Technicians must be aware of the extreme danger of using an inadequately rated digital multimeter. Using a 1,000-volt rated digital multimeter on medium-voltage circuits has happened more than once with tragic results. In addition to proper voltage and current ratings, test tools must be listed by a nationally recognized testing laboratory, or NRTL, and properly labeled with the NRTL's mark. These marks should be displayed on your tools and accessories. OSHA lists which NRTLs have been approved to test and verifies that tools meet their standards. This testing reasonably assures that products are safe for use in the environment for which their ratings are designed. Once the equipment meets the testing laboratory's criteria, the tool can be labeled with the NRTL's recognized mark. Test equipment without a label should not be used. Among the most common testing laboratory marks found on test tools are Underwriters Laboratories, Inc., or UL, Canadian Standards Association, or CSA, and TUV. Technicians must demonstrate their ability to recognize and identify these labels and explain their importance. Now let's talk about CAT ratings. Electrical workers must be familiar with the category rating found on digital multimeters and other test tools and accessories. 
The CAT rating indicates the tool's ability to withstand transient overvoltage conditions that could destroy the meter and cause injury. Tools used in distribution systems should be at least CAT 3 rated. CAT 4 offers a greater degree of protection. Most industrial digital multimeters are rated CAT 3 for use on systems 1000 volts and below, and CAT 4 for 600 volts and below. Electrical workers should be able to identify the CAT rating needed for their job. The ratings also should be easy to find on the tool near the NRTL's mark. These ratings are the voltage levels the laboratory has certified the tool to be able to withstand. Technicians also must verify that test instruments and their accessories are designed for both the environment and their use. For example, when examining a digital multimeter for proper design, ask the question, Will this digital multimeter be used in a hazardous location? When taking voltage readings, it's possible for a very small electrical arc to be drawn when placing a test probe on or removing a test probe from an energized point. The National Electrical Code, or NEC, identifies environments as hazardous locations if explosive atmospheres are present. Intrinsically safe test tools are designed for use in these locations, and technicians must look for the identification if applicable. Look for a red tool or an X symbol on the tool. This is also a good reason to place and remove test probes at 90 degree angle to the terminal and not let the probe slide from one terminal to another. Visual inspection is also important. Visual inspections should be done on test tools and all associated test leads cables, power cords, probes, and connectors. Look for any obvious external defects. It's not uncommon to find damaged test leads or probes which must be replaced before use. One method of visual inspection is to slowly pull test leads between your fingers. Your fingers can often feel if the insulation has been damaged even if you can't see it. All test leads should have a shroud around the end that's inserted into the digital multimeter. This prevents accidental shock if the test lead becomes unplugged from the tool while the probe is still on an energized component. Test probes also have a voltage, amperage, and category rating. Look for the IEC symbol for double insulated, which is one square box inside of another. This symbol tells you that one single insulation failure won't result in workers being exposed to dangerous shock levels. Don't discount the use of clamps, flex clamps, and test probes for current measurements for visual inspections. Such devices should be marked with a maximum current rating. They should also have the NRTL label. Many test probes are double insulated and marked with the double insulated symbol. Once you've done the visual inspection, never hesitate to remove a tool from service if there's any question about its condition. Make sure some method, like tagging, is used to prevent someone else from inadvertently using the defective test equipment before repairs are completed. Now let's talk about three-point or live-dead-live testing. One of the most critical safety tests performed by a technician is verifying the absence of voltage during the lockout-tackout process at voltages 50 volts or more. A test tool that fails to operate properly during this test could result in a catastrophic accident. This is why it's vital that technicians properly perform the three-point or a live-dead-live test when verifying the absence of voltage during their qualification activities. The process to verify voltage is as follows. 1. 
Verify that the test tool works properly when the function switch is placed to voltage by testing the voltage on a known energized source or by using an electronic proving unit and observing the correct reading on the meter face. 2. Test the circuit to be verified by measuring phase to phase and phase to ground across all phases. Zero energy must be indicated. 3. Check that the test tool still indicates voltage properly by placing the test probes, once again, on a known energized source or the electronic proving unit. Note that proving units verify the proper operation of the meter without the need for cumbersome personal protective equipment, or PPE. Never assume any test tool or its accessories is operating correctly. Always verify proper operation before you begin work. Remember that PPE is your last line of defense in dangerous situations. The NFPA has specific rules and recommendations around the level and type of PPE needed for each situation. Selecting the proper PPE to safely conduct work is a huge step in making sure you return home safely at the end of your workday. And finally, creating a strong culture of safety involves every person and department in a company but ultimately it's up to you to make the proper safe choices. Workers should know the proper steps to take, the right PPE to wear, and what their tools can handle. Proper safety training, conducted and updated regularly, is your best line of defense. So as always, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'd appreciate it if you'd give us a follow and a five-star rating. I'm Teresa Hauk, and we'll chat again soon. If you enjoy Automation Chat, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you so much for listening.